Are you trying to tell me that you're playing the part of V? Yeah. He's going to take down <laughs> Rush all by himself. Oh god. I want you to do I want you to do the speech he gives Natalie Portman. No. His introduction. Fuck. Was Eve Vendetta not played by um the Diddler? What's his name? The, the Diddler? Is that like an offshoot Batman rogue gallery fucking? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'll never get me, Batman, I'm the Diddler! Yeah, exactly. No. What's his face? Gotham's Hugo the guy that looks like Hugo Foster. Weaving. Was it Hugo? No, Hugo Weaving played Weaving. V. Yes, Elrond himself. Really? Okay. Agent, was... Agent fucking Smith. Else, then. The Diddler. Who who's the Diddler? Never mind. Agent Smith is not a Diddler. <laughs> no, not I was never thinking mind. Looks... We're not moving off of this. He looks <laughs> yeah, he looks who's who's exactly... the guy that... he looks exactly like Kevin Spacey to me. I always mix them up. No. Really? They don't look anything alike. They do. They don't. I don't know. Kevin me, the only thing they old. have in common is they white and they old. Yeah, but it's like Hollywood. I don't, I don't know. There's always like you know Hollywood likes like uh like take um. What's it? What's that? Owens guy's brother that was in Cruise. Hollywood loves their doubles and whatnot. You mean Luke? Yeah, Luke Wilson. That's it. <laughs> he doesn't look anything like Tom Cruise. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is just me, me, me being like four. But seriously, there's a lot. Well, now you're of like exactly. That is true. It's there, true. There, there are many <laughs> celebrities who look alike, but I'll tell you how Kevin Spacey and Hugo Weaving don't look anything alike. <laughs> and how Luke Wilson and Tom Cruise also look nothing alike. <laughs> Have they ever been in the same watch something where they were in the same movie? Excuse me. No, because Hugo Weaving doesn't do the same kind of movies Kevin Spacey does. Yeah, what was that one Kevin Spacey movie where he played, like, a guy in a mental asylum, and it was like Jeff Bridges was his therapist, and Kevin Spacey believed he was, like, from some planet, and he was, like, an alien, but it was really just, like, trauma that he sustained hey, when his, like, wife... Yeah, that... That was such a stupid movie. It got Never nowhere. Seen it. Oh my god. I watched it once on Netflix like a few months ago and it was like the dumbest shit ever. Like that whole movie goes on and on about is this guy an alien? And then it just like never concludes. <laughs> the Diddler. The Diddler. Seriously, that does sound like it could be an off-brand Batman 66 Rogue Gallery villain. Honestly. Because it sounds like the Riddler, yeah. Well, like, exactly. well right, but like we'll 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 leave pedophilia out of it because that's not a that's not a thing. It should never be a thing. Um but we'll we'll figure what? out 
What do you mean we'll it's not figure a thing? Out what was it, wasn't that the be. whole reason Kevin Spacey is blacklisted from Hollywood? We're not talking about Kevin Spacey. We're talking about an off-brand rogue gallery villain for Batman 66. God. That Holly. happens to be played by Kevin Spacey. <laughs> and welcome back internet to another episode of nerdy nomicron episode 21 i am your host alex aka snurf and joining me of course of course of course (laughs) my homies the boys it's in the tick synthetic ryan how you doing buddy pretty good pretty good Awesome. And Ollie the Vonstrosity, what's up, Home Slice? We've started the episode already? Damn. We actually have started the episode, (laughs) and you know what? I'm going to take your advice. I'm going to leave all that preamble in. It's going to be part of the episode. Joke was so (laughs) good, it makes the cut. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. I mean, whatever. Finally. Is what it is. (laughs) Ollie, getting the recognition he's always deserved. Yeah, just this once, though. Like, we're not, <laughs> yeah, this is we're your not episode, This is your episode. I might even call it Ollie's episode. Don't get used to it, though. <laughs> I mean, it may not entirely pertain to what's what may yeah. or may not be discussed. But who knows? Who knows? Yeah, considering he doesn't, uh, he hasn't played most of the games that we're going to be talking about today. Or seen any of the shit that I've seen. Yeah, no, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool, yeah, but Ollie yeah, always exactly. does. Yeah, but... but... Ollie always does have an opinion, though. But but I know I, I know you guys want to talk about Destiny, right? Is that what we're starting with? I mean, we don't have to start with it. I definitely want to talk about it because it's been it's what we've been doing for the last week or so, Ryan and I, anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, well, I will. Uh, well, I require speak. absolute silence. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Ollie. You know what? Yeah, you you take you take the reins yeah. on this one. I, I, I take the yeah. Lead. I feel like Ryan and I, I feel take like, a step back. I feel like in my drunken state, I do a really good job of explaining what Destiny is about. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. So, based, let's everybody on the internet. Let's hear it. Yeah, based on what little I remember when Destiny One was being promoted. Um, basically, this like I believe it was just called Destiny. Yeah. Back then, they didn't think there was going to be a Destiny 2, right? Because they were like, oh, we're going to update this game for 10 years. um, Yeah, there was like this huge, there's this huge, like, moon thing that, like, Earth's, like, last bastions. Am I getting that right? The Traveler over the last city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're doing well so far. Whoa, nice. Okay, and that's, that's basically the extent of my knowledge. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, that's pretty much the entire game. This giant yeah. globe shows up over the last city, and that's it. I mean, that There's was nothing all more to it. Okay. One that was yeah. literally so the story that, of Destiny that, One. What is that globe? Was it was that the plot the of the game where people were just trying to figure out what did it? End people up being? don't no. even know what the plot of the first game was. It's still up in the air. It was that fucking messy. Really. Yeah. That's sad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I mean, like Destiny in the beginning, there was a lot of constraints, and they really rushed a lot of things due to I think it was Activision pushing. Fuck you, Activision! But 
not so much anymore now that Microsoft bought you out. So, I mean, Activision's kind of cool now, again. Activision, <laughs> well, we cool again. We have yet to see. Yeah, uh, yeah no, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, third. Oh, Ollie, you might be losing, you might be gaining some ping there. You, we might be losing you here. Uh, it looks fine like it for on a my second. side. Well, okay. then, then you just suck. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's fair. You guys take it from here. <laughs> yep. Yep. Thanks for your input. Um, You're welcome. I appreciate the Destiny story rundown. It was well rehearsed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Due to due to a lot of constraints and on the writers that were there were writers who left and and we didn't get. The cohesive story we were supposed to get so it was kind of really all over the place we didn't really know you kept talking about the darkness the darkness nobody knew what the fuck the darkness was and like only until now in this amazing expansion and i like i can't give any other words aside that it is an incredibly amazing expansion i have not had this much fun in destiny since the Taken King in Destiny 1. This is pretty much the Taken King version 2.0. I agree. I think this is this overtakes the Taken King for me in terms of the best DLC of this franchise. Oh, hands down. Hands down. This is I like it took us all fucking day to get through that legendary campaign. <laughs> Yeah, and I man. mean all day. We by the time we all got in, it was like ten thirty in the morning. By the time we finished, mind you, there were breaks breaks taken. But by the time mm. we finished up, it was like what nine or so when Adam and I finished. Something like that. I for our run, and we had a full fire team of three people in uh, in the team that I was running with, and yeah. it took us seven and a half hours to get from start to finish. Jesus Christ. So it's, it's a long campaign. Like for, it is a, for Destiny, it's very long. Yeah, no Wait, kidding. Wait, how many, like how many campaigns? Just the new one with this DLC. Like, this was oh. just the DLC campaign. This is, like, not including the new light campaign for, like, a new player uh, starting the game would have to go through a different campaign first um, just to get, like, access to quest lines and all of that, and then they would be put into this later game campaign kind of thing. Huh. You yeah, know, it was uh, <clears throat> so good. Uh, and we, Adam and I, two-manned it. Yeah, you guys. Um, so, so, yeah, oh, man. That final encounter, I think, was probably my favorite thing out of the... And, like... I loved all of it from start to finish. I was a little... What's the word I'm looking for? Like, I don't understand why there were Labber. so many goddamn... What was the... What are they? The uh... like, Scorn. Count. Why were there so many oh, goddamn boy. Scorn? And I, like, did I miss a point somewhere? As um, to why there was so much Scorn? No, it's, it's honestly like they do explain it, but it's in, in a quest line um, a little later uh, from what you've done. And basically, uh, it's it tells us that because of the witness um, sort of intervening now that Savathun is dead, right? Uh, or like because she was dead, 
um, he sent the score or it sent the scorn onto the throne world because they're very much like the taken in the sense that they're deathless. So they can be harnessed in the same way, I guess. And they were fighting over territory on behalf of the, the, uh, witness. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's, Definitely, I think means that the Scorn are going to be a more prevalent enemy type, and I think we're going to see at least half the raid encounters are going to be Scorn, and I think the other half might be like Taken or Hive. Right. Oh, it better be fucking Wait. Hive. This whole DLC was supposed to be about the Hive wielding the light. If we don't get Hive, I'll rage. But that see that like what I'm thinking is that this raid we're going to have like the first two encounters will be hive and there'll be hive guardians that are wielding the light and then the next encounter will be a scorn boss and then the last encounter will be a scorn boss wielding the light. You think the scorn's gonna get a hold of the light? I think that that's like that's the progression they're going for because Savathun oh, is dead. Like Savathun is one hundred percent dead right now. Okay, hang well, on. Ex Bobby, ex so explain. What's up, Polly? Can you guys explain to me all the lights? Just, just you know, for yeah, our so our, the light our, <laughs> the fans out uh, of there. Of course. Oh no. Yeah. So <laughs> if you don't know, sucks to suck. Basically. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but <laughs> the the. Uh, the light is from the traveler. It basically makes uh, the the guardians, the characters that we play, are imbued with light from the traveler, and they give us these little ghosts, which are um, kind of sentient robots that follow us around and revive us from. Oh, death. Peter Dinklage. Yeah, exactly. The Dinklebot. Yeah, that's what yeah. he was. It was your ghost. Yeah. So he like revives you every time you die, and it's part of the like lore that guardians are immortal and can live forever unless their ghost is killed oh. um so a lot of like the main guardians that are just hanging out in the tower are, like hundreds to thousands of years old um because they just lived like dozens of lifetimes because they're just being revived um and the enemies that we fight are mostly seeking the light to try and claim it for themselves in some way uh, the hive are essentially like sentient bipedal bugs, kind of. Good uh, way to put it. Oh, yeah, they're like worms, uh, oh. and they sort of evolve, and they believe in something called the sword logic, which is like the strongest survive, and if you die, then you deserve to die. Um, oh. and that's like the main enemy that we're fighting right now. The other ones are called the scorn, and they're uh essentially like revived corpses of fallen enemies uh and they uh, as far as i understand it they sort of have like a hive mind that they all work for and it's just whichever like being brought them into that instance kind of yeah um and then th there's like a bunch of other enemy types uh but they're not overly relevant to like this season's content anything else ollie okay okay thank you <laughs>
Where were we even? Where were we even at with that before all these fucking rudely interrupted us? <laughs> um, you were talking about the bosses. Is having the lion. Oh right, we're talking about why the scorn were around. Yeah. Which now that you've explained that, that makes a whole hell of a lot of a lot of sense for me. Um, <clears throat> the uh, Savathun's throne world is probably one of the coolest looking places I've seen in Destiny history. Yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's huge too. Like I, I wasn't expecting the scale of it. And when you just look at it from the overworld map, there's just like three little areas that all kind of connect in a circle. But every one of those areas has at least three entry points into the underworld of the map that is just massively expansive. And every right. tunnel leads to a different area that like you can only access from those specific tunnel ways and you can go into the massive fucking castles above the overworld and shit like that. It's, it's ridiculous. The scale uh, at which they gave us for this open world. Oh, great. Um, I like the. Oh, part B. Sorry. Ah, yawn came out of nowhere. Um, I like yeah, the hive. I can do whatever I want. It's my podcast. Acceptable. <laughs> Edit it out. <laughs> um, I like the architecture of the hive. Like it's got that Mordor feeling. Mm-hmm. Like like almost almost down to a T with all the like all the different spires and 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 spikes and shit that come off of things. And yeah, like, if you were to take Mordor architecture and then get all the black and iron off and turn it more into like a bonish like a like a like a bone color a chitin mm-hmm. almost that's more or less what for anybody listening who doesn't already know um it's more or less what hive architecture is and it's just so awe-inspiring when you look at it like it's just it's crazy and then yeah. the color palette they used is is also pretty interesting because like this is the first time there's been that much vibrant color associated with the hive. Like there's mm-hmm. deep reds and whatever. Like you look at that dungeon um, on the moon there, and I can never remember the name. Oh yeah, the Pit of Heresy. Pit of Heresy. It's all dark iron red. Plus you got all the all the green hues from all the the glowing hive stuff. The very very really dark almost demonic kind of look at it and then you look at sabathine's throne world and it's not bright but like muted light you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like it's there's a lot of lighter grays and there's these popping reds with the all the those flowers and all the shrubbery and trees and not to mention like the stained glass and all the towers and stuff like yeah just fantastic amazing imagery the the open world is sort of split in half in that regard where half of it is um a very bright and vibrant area and the other half is a lot more um normal to us in terms of hive architecture where it's very dark very gloomy and eerie feeling very tight spaces and all of that and then again the other half of the map is light it's very open um there's a lot to look at and massive uh 
scale views that you can see instead of just being stuck underground and like cramped essentially castles that they build within the earth yeah very just just a a visual masterpiece is what i'll give it not Mm -hmm. not to mention like all the changes they've done with like now there's a weapon forge we can build our own fucking weapons and stuff and that's that's fucking first time ever in in a destiny game that we get something like that well, there was they did introduce something similar in House of Wolves in Destiny 1. It just they didn't pan out properly because it was too good. Like oh, right. you that was when it, they had the uh, where well, you could re-roll your stats, right? Yeah, exactly. And it was really cheap to do it. So, as long as you'd played a decent amount of hours, you could give any gun you were holding to Banshee and just re-roll it until you got the god roll. Yeah, fuck. So well, that now, was a little messed up, but they did it very well this season. Right. Well, now you can craft it. You don't have to worry about anybody rolling it for you. <clears throat> yeah. Having to use the crafted weapon and like level it up to get better perks for the slots and all that. I think that's a really, really cool uh, way to do it. It actually it feels like progression with your weapons instead of just getting lucky and getting a certain perk. Right. Um. Oh, I don't remember where I was going to go with this. Shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Void 3.0. Your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. I've played on uh, both my Titan and my Hunter so far. Yeah. And the changes are amazing on both of them. I like for the Titan, especially having the instant bubble is such a nice uh, change, as well as the... Um, actual mods that you can slot into your void can make your build insane. I was using this uh, this one mod loadout. I don't remember what they're called because I haven't really played around with it enough to, to remember their names yet. But um, I have this like throwing shield like fucking Captain America and every time I hit something with it it puts like stacks of damage on them and if I shoot them those damage stacks will explode and deal more damage to other enemies. And by doing that, it increases my ability regen, so I can throw a grenade that then does the same thing. And by the time those stacks are out, my melee is back. Uh, right, I was going to say, and this is the cycle. This is the shield throw that now comes with your melee. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. before it was, uh, it was like a shield bash, right? Like a charge. Yeah, but you can actually switch them off now. You can pick one or the other which is also a really nice change because you're not limited to a specific one just because you want other abilities in that perk tree. Sure. Um, and that's the biggest thing that I like with uh, Void 3.0 is that they made the customization of the class actually mean something. Because before it was just pick a tree, you get the perks in that tree, you can't turn them on or off, you just sort of deal with it. One of them right. might not be what you're looking for. At all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you're just sort of stuck with one useless ability, it felt like. But with this new update, like just being able to move things as you see fit to make your build unique to you is it's incredible. It feels really good as a as a a player that's been stuck with this garbage void subclass forever. <laughs> um I mean the hunter changes are fantastic. The Mobius quiver is Mm-hmm. probably one of the coolest things out there right now. Now, I can't remember 
did the smoke grenade always weaken enemies or is that something they added in um so it did but weaken worked a lot differently uh before um this it was kind of work more like a like a suppression where they would just kind of walk around for a few seconds they wouldn't take increased damage but they would um they would just be in like a stunned kind of state for a while okay um and that, that's really all it did it, but now the improvements are fucking great i love it right and i do love the that the each shot it's not a single shot anymore it's a volley of three yeah and actually uh before you continue i wanted to just say like i tried um using the three shot uh quiver boots that you were telling me to try out oh right um, the, uh, oh why is that name escaping me orpheus rigs orpheus rigs thanks <laughs> yeah um and i brought it into uh the vault of glass raid and I tried using it on Atheon to see what the DPS output looked like. And it was on par with the Curious Thunder Crash. Get out. It's fucking... Like, I was hitting 550,000 damage with just the arrows. God damn. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah, it's, dude. It's good, man. Like, you can get... If you have your timing right, you can get two of those in a DPS phase, plus, like, all your heavy ammo dumped into them. If you your timing is really good and you're outside for DPS, right? It's crazy, man. Like it, it, it makes me happy to play a hunter because I finally have a DPS. <laughs> that is very fair. Um, I mean, I only not recently, but like, I think in my, for lack of a better term, my destiny career, I've always mostly been a warlock. Um. Right. Something about the uh, the space magic and Nova bombs, like Nova bomb. <laughs> now, E one Nova bombs were way cooler. Like that, they were. Um, I won't even deny that the slow moving giant tracking ball thing is not my forte. <laughs> but you know, sometimes it's not about what you can get. You got to work with what you got, right? <clears throat> yep. Um, and Warlock is definitely going to be my second run through. But the hunter I only picked up in like the last last year or so is when I actually started putting the time in, uh, and I gotta say, like knowing where the hunter once sat in the list of uh, like I mean, golden guns all right, um, but like only if you're pairing it with uh, a celestial nighthawk or if you've got the uh, the boots there, the star star eater scales, star eater scales. Mm -hmm. um it's okay and like arc staff has always been subpar to me anyway i don't know where its actual application truly lays it was literally only good in the uh, leviathan raid at the very beginning but only because that raid mostly focused on clearing ads okay um <clears throat> and so mobius quiver is usually what i went with because uh, void blades were silly <laughs> yeah <laughs> just it was uh, like really another melee class like you couldn't have figured something else out honestly really bungee calling <laughs> you out bungee get your shit together um so mobius quiver is normally what i went with um as as i'm sure most did i mean it did have the uh the weakening effect and and allowed 
uh, pretty much crits on any target tethered, right? So that was that was pretty awesome. But now that you can actually do some serious damage with it, it's fantastic. And I think the hunter has easily walked into my probably my favorite subclass right now. But that's only because I haven't or favorite class, and it's only because I haven't tried the Titan or Warlock just yet. But Warlock first, uh, and then Titan. Mm-hmm. I've been a hunter since day one, and I've got to say, like, the changes feel amazing. I've played a, a Void Hunter since Void um, uh, Shadow Shot, like the dodge, was given to hunters in Destiny 1. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, that was that was when I started playing Void Hunter. I was a Solar Hunter before that, but I've been a Void Hunter ever since. And it is nice to actually be useful on a team. <laughs> like they, they stack properly now. They didn't used to stack with other debuffs. And it doesn't like actually take away from the rest of the team just playing that t- character type anymore. Right. You know, it's it's fucking awesome. Um, I very much look forward to this raid on the fifth. However, I probably won't be around when you guys are doing it because I got to work. Boo work. I mean, I'm sure we'll be doing it all day. Like it, when we complete it, if it doesn't, yeah. take it, if you complete it, we will. We're not at least. I'm not going to in, until we either hit 24 hours and haven't finished it, or until we do it within the 24 hours. Uh, because I want that emblem. The raid day one emblems are so right. cool. Um, but uh, if we complete it before then, I'm sure we'll probably be running it on our other two characters. Oh, of uh, course. Just for the rewards and whatnot. So we'll, by the end of the week, we'll have everybody within the clan run through it, I'm sure. Right. Uh, and do we know what uh, minimal power level is supposed to be? We do. They announced it two days ago i think and it's only fifteen thirty. Oh, what really yeah that's not bad but like I, yep. I thought it'd be a little higher i mean i'm already like almost practically there yeah and like it, i'm 15 27 or something like that oh yeah and with your artifact levels like those count as well so they i guess they wanted to make it more accessible on the day one but that said i wouldn't recommend anybody going in under 1530 no matter how much they're below because day one is still contest mode so it defaults enemies to 20 levels above you no matter what your level is right so oh, right you're Fuck, under I level... contest mode God. Mm-hmm. well that's why that's why there's the cool emblems it's a, a cool emblem for completing contest mode but it's only active in the first 24 hours of a raid launch that's fair. I remember trying to do Vault of Glass on contest mode. We couldn't even get in. We couldn't even mm-hmm. get the fucking door open. Just yeah. because of how fucking hard it was. It's and tough, I think man. we had a shitty team too. So, <laughs> I mean, that, that always plays a part. But well, I back, feel in, like we back in the day, the old been. clan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like our clan now, like we, we have a really good group of people, like a yeah, couple of groups of people that we can run with. So we never really have that issue unless we're doing Sherpas for other people that we're just like helping. Right. Um, what do you what do you think of uh the new hive guardians? Oh, I'm gonna let Ollie weigh in on this one for me. Yeah. Go ahead, Ollie. The hive guardians. <laughs> okay, so uh, tell us about from, them. 
from from what little I know, the guardians are the people that have been imbued by the light by the traveler and mm-hmm. have a ghost that makes them immortal. And the hive are these like worm-like creatures that I'm assuming, based on the name, are like a hive mind. And they got their own fucking guardians. So it wait, is this an enemy type or is this another like kind of species you can play as like in World of Warcraft? It's an enemy type. It's an enemy type. Are they World like of Warcraft? Jesus. <laughs> are they like bosses? Um, it, I mean, it depends on when they're presented. Yeah. Like sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. It's just like it depends on what part of the mission you're at, I guess. Oh, kind of like how hunters are used in Halo or something, where like you know they could be the big bad or they're just like one part of it. Yeah, um, like the first time you see them, they're like the boss of that stage, and then the next time you see them, they're like a mini boss sort of thing, or just like yeah. a yeah, like a harder, a harder enemy. I don't even know what you would want to how you how you would call that. We just call yeah. them yellow bars, but I mean like mm-hmm. yellow bars. <laughs> what is that like yeah. yellow? Yeah, like yellow yellow belly or whatever is that's been used <laughs> in like the fifteen hundreds. <laughs> no, because that means coward. These guys are not cowards. They kill you just looking at you. Fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty strong. <laughs> they're pretty tough, <laughs> and they've got powers just like us, which makes it that much worse. Because like you've got the <laughs> the hive knights that are like practically titans, shield titans, and they will throw shields at you and shit. And if they clip you, you're fucked. Like there's no no coming out of that alive. Yep, those still one shot you, and I'm pretty sure on any on any level, if they're your level or above, those shields kill you the second they touch you. Yeah, it's insane. And then they've hmm. got acolytes that are like hunters with like blade barrage, but it's not like our blade barrage where it's all in one go. They get to like hang on to them and then zip them off as they see fit. Yeah, and I think the lamest ones probably the wizards because like. They're meant to be warlocks, but they, they're kind of lame. They're kind of pussies. They're easy. Yep, they just sort of like summon lightning down from the sky, and it's really and it's not as right. It's not as strong as like the other. No, not even damn Smash Bros. Pikachu, spamming that. Honestly, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) It's like if they did down B, in like a column. One yeah, after the other after the other. Like four. Oh, that mm-hmm. sounds like shit. Yeah. Yeah, but except it's not like you can stand there and take it. It won't one shot you. The other two, though, the other two will fucking mess you up something <laughs> fierce. Oh, for sure. Well, you just got to get good. I Basically, am good, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of what the, the legend Two man the game on legendary <laughs> difficulty. Like, I'm pretty good. I don't know. Wait, so you'll play Legendary Destiny, but not Halo? How are they different in, like, quality of difficulty? Well, we didn't have an idea of what Legendary would look like until this DLC. Right. We've had Legendary campaigns before, but the only difference is, like, enemies are a little higher level. And normally that extra level is still below you, so it doesn't really matter. But this, I don't know what they did i think they like tuned the uh ai so they were more aggressive and like um just generally worked better 
Oh yeah, um, and you couldn't you couldn't like stun them up or or really set them off kilter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they threw in like modifiers. So um, if we were shooting a shield type that wasn't the same as our guns element type, it would do less damage and stuff like that. Okay. They just they threw modifiers on to make it basically like skulls and Halo, but we didn't know to expect that necessarily going into this because they've never given us anything like it before. Right, and they also like uh, well, they purposely put a damper on our on our power level. Like they mm-hmm. they had the enemy scale like a, a specific amount higher than us just to give that extra challenge as well. Yeah, and it played really well because of it. But I mean, like it, it all balanced out, especially with the buff that all the primary exotics just got recently. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. So like, yeah, they were hard, sort of. Um, I, like, like if you normal had right enemies, normal enemies, you really wouldn't feel it, though. But like like you're saying, if you had the right loadout, especially for normal enemies, it, it wouldn't make much of a difference. But it was when those boss phases happened that you really noticed the level scaling. Oh, fuck. Did you ever? Awesome though, so fucking cool. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I definitely look forward to seeing what it is they're going to do uh, with the other two subclasses. Yeah, um, and I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I'm quite certain that is all happening at some point this year. It is, yeah. Um, it would be really nice if they got real quick with it, but <laughs> uh, I can understand how that could take some time. I know, I know it's not just a matter of inputting a few lines of code or adding a couple right. of pictures you know like it's they're reworking the entire subclass uh and i will be patient <clears throat> mm-hmm. as long this... as if they turn out as well as the void subclass has i would be okay with them being very slow about it and delivering right. at the end of the year no it's just I about to think... say the same thing mm-hmm I think that we'll see them seasonally, though. I think next season we'll get an update to one of them, and then the following season will be the last. Hmm. Good point. And and sorry, seasons are like what forty days. Uh, honestly, I'm not sure how long the season is. It's longer than forty days. The last one was um six months, but. That was due to Witch Queen being pushed back a couple of times. Right. Uh, so they just sort of continued the season, and the halfway point was the 30th anniversary event in December. Right, right. Okay, well, I mean, even still, not that long. No, but it'll be much shorter. Normally they have four seasons a year, so like three-ish months. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good. For those of you out there who are curious about whether or not you should get back into Destiny 2, I will 100% say just go fucking do it. Yep. This the you won't even recognize it. All the we haven't even we haven't even dived deep on on anything that's going on. I just wanted to give our like initial thoughts on on what's been happening so far, but there's still so much more to see and explore. Um but yeah, if you had any doubts about it, erase those doubts the game is sitting really good right now definitely go check that shit out definitely ollie closing thoughts buddy destiny 2 is an amazing game everyone should be playing it if, <laughs> if they're not 
if they're not, they're basically losers. And I say that full well knowing that I don't play the game. <laughs> <laughs> you, you heard, heard it here first, first, folks. folks. <laughs> oh, oh, is a loser. <laughs> Boom! Ganging up on me. Is yeah. what it is, man. Is what it is. <laughs> I think it's your time for uh, the spotlight here, Ollie. I've been dying to know about Dying Light 2. I would oh, love fuck. to hear your oh, quick wow. review on it. Did you, did you hear that? He's dying to know. Wow. Um, what a and... fucking horrible dad joke. <laughs> Christ. Um, so yeah, I think we spoke about it in a previous episode where I said I would hold off on getting Dying Light 2 until they, you know, fix out, iron out some bugs and whatnot. I ended up waiting like a week or something. And <laughs> like, then said fuck it. Yeah, yeah and then said fuck <laughs> it. Like... I figured from what I was hearing that the bugs weren't super extreme. Like there were some death loops that I heard about, but they were for specific missions. And as long as you kept an eye on what mission you are, then you, you, you know, you were fine. And um, yeah, so far, like I haven't had any real issues with the game. I've had like, what, like some weird static going on where all of a sudden the game would just like blare some static and then you would have no audio after that. Oh, wow. But a quick, yeah, it's annoying, but I think the same thing happened to me with Cyberpunk when that came out. So it's something that I can kind of overlook because as soon as you reset the game, like it's completely fine. And, you know, with Xbox games load really, with the Series X games load really, really quickly. So I, well, I mean, yeah. for those privileged enough to have one, yeah. I yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah. And, and honestly, like the other thing too is that the game is 60 FPS on 1080p, and a lot of people have been like, you know, shitting on the fact that it's still 1080p when 4K exists. But I, I kind of want to remind people that, you know, the whole reason the Xbox Series S was um, put into production was because, you know, not everyone has a 4K TV yet. So um, the Series S, I believe is 1440p at maximum so um most people on a performance mode do get 1080p anyways so um yeah anyways like the game looks great i'm not really a stickler for the graphics i would say that it hasn't really improved at all since the first dying light um it sorry what yeah yeah like the graphics itself like i there's more oh happening God. on screen, but I wouldn't really say that it's like been a huge jump from the first game. Like it really looks like it's that it's the same. Um, it's basically Fallout Three and Fallout New Vegas. Like it didn't really jump in terms <laughs> of graphics. Oh yeah. It they've adapted the um, the the physics and whatnot, but I think that's pretty much about it. Gameplay wise is amazing. Like it improved everything that the first game had. Um story as well as what's to be expected from the first game. Like it wasn't really a big jump. I would say this game is pretty much if you like the first game and wanted more of it, then the second game is exactly what you would expect. It it doesn't really change a whole lot, except for the fact where I think the biggest change was in the first game to go out at night was a huge challenge because there were volatiles everywhere. Um, if you were hunted by a volatile, then all the volatiles would know where you are and they would come after you. In the second game, I've only seen a volatile like twice. Really? And, really? Yeah. 
So the zombies during the day are mostly indoors. Think of it kind of like how Assassin's Creed 2 changed to Assassin's Creed 3, where you can kind of run in buildings and go through them like that. That's okay. kind of what that's kind of what they did with the parkour. They opened it up like that so you can run through a lot of the buildings. Mm, and okay. in some of those buildings, you can run into volatiles during the day. But outside of that, I've not seen a volatile at all. And volatiles pretty much one-shot you. So um, <laughs> the real challenge at night comes from staying on the rooftops. And if you ever fall down to the ground, there are screamers who will detect you. And then they will cause a chase to happen where a bunch of um, uh, virals, which is the freshly turned zombies that have the most energy and will like run after you on rooftops, will like come after you. And it it it'll say like a level one out of four. So I'm assuming you can get up to a chase level four and maybe that's where volatiles will actually come after you. But really there's like no volatiles. The challenge at night is a lot less, which is a pro and a con depending on, on what your play style is. Because I know personally in the first game, whenever I went out at night, I would be like, okay, I'm only going to do select missions that get you a lot of xp because your xp pretty much like quadruples at night and really yeah mm -hmm. the chance of finding like rarer items and higher quality items increases at night so it, it kind of like really forced you to think strategically okay i'm gonna go out and do this mission at night because you know i'm gonna get a lot of benefit from it Right, whereas, so a, lot of, a lot of risk reward on that then. Yeah, Definitely. whereas in the second game, it's really no difference playing at day versus night. The main reason you'd want to play at night is because if you do go indoors into a building, you're less likely to run into a volatile that will one shot you. Oh, so, so like, I think stuff. Sorry. So like at night, you'd want to go into those buildings and like look for chests and like loot. The yeah. Bar. Okay. And the interesting thing too is like the zombies aren't like roaming around at at night inside in buildings day or night. They're just kind of like sleeping. They're like they're kind of huddled doing like a slav squat almost, just like <laughs> on the ground, just chilling. And then you have to like be all sneaky and stealthy to get around them without waking them up so you can like loot all the chests and whatnot. Which is great, but honestly, I just fucking whack zombies until I, I have like a horde of them <laughs> after me, and then I just, yeah. Um, another thing they changed is that like blueprints. You, normally, you'd be able to find unique blueprints all around the map, and they would be really unique in what they did. Sometimes they would give you, um, you know, they would give you bleed out effects or <clears throat> or poison effects, and sometimes they mix the two. In this game, every weapon that is like a higher tier will let you do multiple blueprints on it. But the blueprints are pretty basic. They're either add venom to the to the base of the weapon or to the tip of the weapon. So you can kind of mix and match that way. Is and crafting was... still a big thing in this game? Um Yeah, yeah, it is. I would say that that really hasn't changed. Um, I find I don't craft as much because you can upgrade things like crazy. Like when you find a recipe for a Molotov, like that was kind of it in the first game. But in this game, you can upgrade the Molotov, I think, like 10 times. I think everything can be upgraded like 10 times. Okay. So your health kits initially will heal like none of your health. 
Um, and then later in the game, they'll heal like all your health in like one health kit. Crazy. So there's been like quality of life changes like that. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, the game is just more dying light and I'm, I'm in love with it. It, I, my only gripe I would say is that it really feels like it's lacking in terms of side missions. Um, and that's interesting because the first game had like tons of side missions. Every time you, you mm -hmm. progress through the main story, you would unlock like 20 people to talk to that would give you side missions. In this game, yeah. I found most side missions are challenges, like parkour challenges. Um, really? I haven't really found too many um, other types of challenges in parkour, but I'm assuming that's where the whole make your own decisions in the campaign thing comes into. Because gotcha. there's there's mm. basically two um, factions. One of them is called the Peacekeepers. They're referred to as the PKs. And then the other one are the Survivors. And then there's like a third faction that's kind of like barbarians in Civ in Sid Meier civilization, where they're kind of just <laughs> there. Um and they're they're called renegades. They're just random like bandits like you'd find oh, yeah. in Fallout. And you can't join their faction. Uh you can just fucking kill them. And yeah, so depending on who you side, the peacekeepers versus versus the survivors, you give them each like control over an area of the map and when you give them control you unlock more um interactable environment stuff to use so like gotcha. if you if you give the peacekeepers uh, a water tower and control of the water in the area then you will be able to unlock like um rope swings across gaps in buildings you know across that area of the map whereas if you go with the peacekeepers they'll have like traps set up on the street either explosive vehicles or like an actual pendulum that will like bash a bunch of zombies so mm. and i'm assuming with that also comes with like oh these missions lock and those missions unlock and oh yeah yeah but it's nowhere near the level that they were advertising, I would say, where they were like, yeah, you make your decision and then you play a completely different campaign than you would if you made these decisions. So far, I'm not seeing that, but this is also just my first playthrough. So it mm -hmm. it's really curious how my other playthroughs are going to be. Right. But yeah, overall, I would give this game like a good 8 out of 10 so far. Oh, yeah. And um, the combat's nice and fluid. Yes, the only thing is that they ch they did change a, a few of the um like perks and whatnot. They used to have three perk trees, now they have two, and so it, it's a little bit different how combat plays out. Okay, okay. I I see that there's a much larger emphasis on. I mean, I guess. Dying Light One had a had a huge emphasis on melee weapons, but there were a lot of guns and shit too. Is it is it more or less the same, or is there? Yeah, I haven't run into a single gun, and I'm probably like twenty five hours into the game. Oh and damn! In Dying Light One, you would find a gun about like five hours into the game if you did the right missions. Right. So. I don't think guns are in the game, but I could be wrong because I do hear them being referenced. And it 
yeah, it's a bigger emphasis on melee, and overall they did improve the melee uh, fighting in from the first game. Like in the first game, it was really just you'd hit once, and then they would just block the at least the human uh, opponents would just block over and over mm-hmm. again. Right. And it's a little bit better than that, but I wouldn't say it's like a huge improvement. It's pretty much kept the kept the core gameplay just improved in little ways here and there. So overall, yeah, it's an improvement, but it's still not much of a leap. Interesting. Sorry, did we touch on the parkour? My brain kind of fizzled out on me. No, I don't think we did. The the parkour feels great. Like that is where they've probably um put three times the effort in that they did before. Like one thing that Dying Light 1 didn't do when it was first released was momentum. That was released when they did their um enhanced edition update. So when Dying Light 1 first came out, you could sprint or you could like walk. Right. And you wouldn't really increase or accelerate in your speed as you did parkour. But once they did the update, you could do that. And so you could you know you could jump across gaps, uh larger gaps than you could before. In this game, they right off the get-go, you have momentum, but the momentum kind of changes, and that's what they put sprint as. Because there's no walk or run in this game. The movement speed you move at is the normal movement speed that doesn't change. Okay. But you can get perks that do give you a little boost in your momentum when you press the left left thumbstick down. Okay, fair enough. Okay. But wall running is really good. There was this really annoying ability called Tic Tac. Um, it was one of the final perks I think you got in Dying Light 1, where as as you scramble up a wall, you can jump, and you would jump opposite where you're facing, kind of like how, you know, if you played Assassin's Creed games, you would press the wrong button and your guy would jump off the fucking building and you didn't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. That's like every that's, other time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like this huge kind of like debate in the community in dying light one where people would like upgrade their guy all the way, but they would never buy that perk because a lot of people found it annoying in this game. They still have Tic Tac, but it works a lot differently. And I haven't had that issue like at all. So right. I think they really improved that. Hell yeah. Well, that's pretty good. I'm glad this game actually uh, actually panned out. I mean, it, it had suffered a little bit in uh, development limbo slash hell there for a little yeah, while. Like, yeah, like that's what I wanted to touch on because it's it's very obvious when you think about what how little the improvements have, have been made right. that this game has been in development hell. You know, I'm glad they did improve in almost every aspect of the previous game but those improvements are so small that it's very clear that development hell like hurt them a lot and i really wonder what this game could have been if it didn't hit that right i mean from what i've been seeing online and you know different reviews from it it's it's still very positive yeah Um, it Mm-hmm. It it is a great game. Um, I think most people like it in the gameplay because it is it is a very fun game to just go out and explore. It looks like it, but I mean, Dying Light's always kind of had that charm to it. Like it always did. Uh, you know, yeah. Hey, go, go go check this out. Go 
go exploring at night. Be yeah, careful thing... when exploring at night, but like go go out and go see the world. Like Yeah, and and one thing that is different in this game from the first game as well is that the first game took place in a you know, fictional Haran, which was a city that was kind of modeled after like I think Istanbul. I was gonna say yeah, this this game is I believe supposed to be somewhere in France. Oh yeah. It's called yeah, the city is called Villador and there's a lot of like people with French accents, so I kind of gather that it's supposed to be France. But there's a lot more people that are like American, Polish, German, French, like it, it's a little That's bit more immersive happens. and considering the names of like streets in the game and locations it kind of expands the lore a little bit because it kind of shows you just how different this world is from you know our world because this city is like everyone's a different ethnicity so it's kind of hard to pinpoint that whereas in Haran everyone had like you know a Turkish accent right that's awesome um, I definitely want to get my mitts on it, but uh, having just got the Destiny expansion, I'm going to have to wait a little bit before throwing in more money at games. Yeah, that's fair um, enough. And also, like, we're going to hear from it in a little bit here, because uh, I want Ryan's take on, on Elden Ring, but Elden Ring also has uh, caught my eye. And I'm not one for Soulsborne games, but this one just seems different, and I've I kind of want it, but <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. Maybe watch a few more videos on it before I make a final decision to make sure that's something that I want to get into. And uh, with that being said, um, Ryan, you've been playing a little bit for a little while here. What do you? What's your experience so far? I have. Um, keeping in mind that going into this, I am. I don't think I have that many hours into the game. Uh, maybe like eight, seven and a half, my Steam says. Uh, but that is over two different characters, so I'm about three hours in um, on each character. And that was more so because I wanted to try out um, different uh, build sorts and just see how different each character was from each other. Uh, the first one that I went with was a little lower level, and I was finding I was really struggling with a lot of things because... It had a more curated set of attacks that weren't, uh, they weren't familiar at all to me um, as a player of the series. It was uh, just different. It was like dual, dual wielding uh, scimitars, but because of that, there's no block. Um, and instead, you get four different attacks. So oh, yeah. it's a good class, and it can definitely put out some good damage, but. Um, especially early game when you're very weak to everything, uh, it's hard to not want to have a shield equipped. You can't do any kind of block or parry with weapons? Uh, not with those weapons. Most weapons, <laughs> most weapons you can, even if you're just like uh, two-handing a sword or you just have like a straight sword you can block. It's just because those ones are like they have a specific um damage set when they're paired with each other like you have to be using two of the exact same sword in order to get that but if you're using even a different sword it might have a block that's so bad 
Yeah, and it's just like weird little things like that that I've had to kind of learn in terms of the nuance of this game and what separates it from the rest of the Soulsborne titles. Right. Um, and I think that alone is what's going to turn a lot of new players away from this game is uh, just because they don't ever explain things to you in these games. They just sort of drop you in and you figure out as you go. Uh, this game being open world does kind of hinder that a little bit. Um, not having any direction, especially off the beginning and being at a very weakened state, uh, you really feel it right out of the gate where every enemy seems to be much, much stronger than what you would typically be fighting even in a Soulsborne game uh, early on. Yeah, I heard uh, there's like a... I heard there's like a... Uh, an enemy on horseback or something at the very beginning of the game that's like meant to teach you that you're not supposed to fight high level enemies early on yeah exactly and that like that's not even a spoiler because it's literally the first thing you see when you open the doors and exit the five minute tutorial sequence that's all they oh. give you. Did, you, yeah. did you beat the tutorial boss that guy I don't know the I've seen videos of uh it's like it's like an opening boss with like I don't know like eight arms and a bunch of swords and uh where the game starts before you like the game really starts you know how souls 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 like games like the yeah they always have like the introductory boss I mean where, you, where you're supposed to die oh yeah that thing um I on my first character because I was just figuring out like that I wasn't able to block with my sword, so I got annihilated in his first combo. Um, That's all right. Which, yeah, it doesn't matter because you're supposed to die to that thing. It progresses the cutscene. On my second character, I got him down to about half before he killed me. Nice. I've seen videos of people actually defeating it. Oh, yeah. And it gives you a bunch of extra shit. I bet. You end up finding those guys later on in dungeons is just like mini bosses right um so i'll inevitably learn how to fight them and go back and deal with that guy but the uh the first technical boss of elden ring um there's a few that you can reach on the way before you fight him including that guy on the horseback that's all he was talking about and there's like random caves in the in the walls that you can walk into and you'll end up in boss encounters down there um but if you just play through the what's considered the main storyline, uh, the first boss you run into is um, at the gate of a castle. And he is probably the hardest first game boss out of any Souls game. <laughs> it is fucking absurd how difficult this boss is. Like to a point that this never happens. With From Software, they they are always like just get good in response to these situations. <laughs> but for this boss, he was so difficult, especially for new players, that they had to add an item that you go and get in the open world and then bring into that boss fight where it essentially like drags him to the ground and gives you like 20 seconds of free damage on him. And you can do Damn. it like two times in the fight before uh the thing no longer works wow yeah that that's bad that. <laughs> i didn't know that they added this until after i killed him <laughs> so, <laughs> so you i did it to, the hard way 
I did. I had to trudge through it the hard way. And now I don't need to go back and get that item because it doesn't matter anymore. But they didn't actually do anything to the boss. So even though they added that item into the game with a patch, the boss is still as aggressive and as strong as he was anyway. So it, it, it's, a, it's a tough fight. But I also think most of the bosses are not going to be that hard. Right. Do they, do they give you a mount right away? Or is that something you got to work for? Pretty quick. It's like, uh, as long as you don't just run off and explore in any random direction, if you sort of follow the wisps, uh, you get it within the first half hour, I would say. Gotcha. Uh, and um, is it a horse or is it that elk thing or what's, what's uh, your amount? I mean, it's all the same. I think for early game, uh, you just get like the one, it's kind of like a horse, like dog kind of mix. I don't know. It, it looks a little strange it's a it's a souls creature it's just a weird like <laughs> no, that's fair um very very well um added i guess it, it feels really satisfying to ride around and like even combat on horseback is really well done been seeing a lot of that too lately mm -hmm. it, it makes uh, the game feel a lot more um it gives it a lot more depth, like the, the multi-layered combat. And sometimes like you want to switch your horse on and off during certain combat sequences and like use it for a specific timing and hop off of it for DPS chains. And it's, it's really cool what you can do with it. Oh yeah. Um, have you been using the magic at all? No, I... <sighs> Most of the characters um, at the very beginning have really low magic ability, and like okay. if you if you spec if you choose certain ones, uh, they'll obviously start with a much better stat roll. But you also only start with really low level spells, so it's it makes the game a lot more challenging, especially if you're starting a fresh character and uh, right. doing a magic run. Um, but the magic is integrated a lot better in this game. So even though I don't have any stats into it, I can summon spirits to like help me during combat if I wanted to. Nice. And what form do they take? It depends on the uh, like thing, the summon that you have. Like I can summon these <laughs> zombie things that hold a little magic spear and shoot mini arrows at things. It doesn't really do a whole lot, but they can be used to distract bosses and stuff if I need right. to. I think I've seen somebody summon a bunch of wolves. Yeah, there are there that's, are a ton of different go. summons, and I think that you can get better and better summons as you uh, level up your NPCs that you can sort of talk to and do quest lines for. Right. And so, what uh, what class or character did you end up choosing? Um, I am right now the character that I more recently started is uh, like the knight, or I think he's called. Uh, I don't remember what what his actual title is um, in the game, but he's basically just the knight. He's got a, a sword, a shield, um, metal armor, um, and like higher health and um, stamina points. Nice. So it's honestly like the character I recommend everybody start as when they're playing uh, Souls games. If you're doing a multiplayer run, you can definitely choose whatever you want because uh, other players will make up for what you're lacking but if you're playing alone 
you probably want to go with the Knight because he's just the best overall and will give you the easiest start into into this world. Oh yeah. Um I'm hearing a lot of rumor that this game, should you take all the time out to play through it, can take up to a hundred hours to complete. Whoa. I've heard the same thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's also a lot of like weird exploration things like I've uh like I was listening to uh, kind of funny the other day and the guys that kind of funny were saying that they went to open a chest and the chest teleported them to some like hell realm. Oh yeah, that happened to me. <laughs> what? And, yeah, did you have to book shit out of there? Like so when it teleports you, it doesn't give you a bonfire to save at and like go back. And you also can't fast travel to another bonfire from your menu. So you're basically stuck at this place until you run around enough to find a new bonfire to teleport from. Gross. <laughs> and it's a gi- it's this gigantic like poison swamp. And if you touch any of the water, you immediately start to get poisoned. Fuck. Um, so you have to run around the outside to try and find a, a way across that won't build your poison bar all the way up before you make it to the other shore. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, every Dark Souls game has one area like that. <laughs> every one of them. And it's always poison too. Have you found any dragons yet? No, not yet. I'm not that far in. Oh, um, I mean, you don't necessarily have to be that far in. Apparently you can just stumble across them randomly in the game. Yeah, you can more or less stumble across anything from the beginning point onwards if you go in the right direction. Um, But I've more so been just following the main quest because you notice the difference in strength of a lot of the enemies you fight in the open world. Right. No, that's pretty cool, man. Holy shit. Yeah, no, I'm not one for the genre because I don't like hard games because i'm a baby and i require games to have a baby ass baby mode and (laughs) souls like games do not have that kind of (laughs) they really reminds me of that um you guys ever play that like call of duty like mock game where it was just like i can't remember it was like only two hours long or something but Every time you got a kill, the game would have like these crazy like flash art on the screen being like, you rock. Oh, like Sniper Elite or whatever? No, it was like an actual like Call of Duty spoof game. Like oh. it, it definitely wasn't like any mainstream game or anything. But like I saw a lot of YouTubers play this like way back in the day. This was like 2012, I feel like. Oh, man, that's, but sure, that, that's just what remember 2012. Are you kidding me? Huh, that, the world that's just was supposed you... to end back then. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just what that, that reminded me of. But, okay, here's here's one thing I want to ask. Um, You're playing it on PC, right? I am. How How is it playing? Because I'm hearing from a lot of people that PC is probably the worst platform to play it on right now. <laughs> yep. And if anything, that is the single issue that I take up with this game is that for whatever reason, it's not optimized very well on PC. And like it extends to, to many different levels in that regard. The first thing that I noticed instantly was that every um, menu layover or like interactable item only gives you controller interaction buttons. Like it doesn't display what it is, like the key on PC to, to pick up an item off the ground. It won't tell you that. And you can what? go into your settings... 
Yeah, like you have to go into your settings and rebind buttons to things that you like because it won't tell you what they are because there's no That's tutorial ridiculous. sequence. And even then, when you do rebind them, it still only gives you controller pop-ups. It's super weird like that it works like that. And I understand that Souls-like games have always been meant to be played on controller, but like at least have it functional on mouse and keyboard. Like, come on. But do you play like, on mouse and keyboard or do you play controller? No. I, I'm playing on controller. I would I would have probably done it anyway, but I wanted to see what it was like uh on mouse and keyboard because I've always had Souls games on Xbox. Um and I wanted to see if it was actually like well optimized now that I bought it on Steam. Right. Uh, and it, it's it's just not. And I don't I really don't know why, but I don't mind playing with a controller. I personally think it's better, honestly. <laughs> Um, That's for because it is better. Games. But, I feel like for uh, games like that, third-person action RPGs should be played with a controller. I agree. As long as there's not too many, like, like in the sense of The Witcher, like Ollie was saying uh, a while back, that game is good on mouse and keyboard because there's a lot of different inputs and, like, things that you can do with, uh, uh, like, abilities and combos. And it's a right. lot harder to do that with interruptions of, like, um slow motion menus as you're trying to scroll to your like protective uh spell ability and whatever um and i think that that's definitely plays better on mouse and keyboard but the controls for souls games are super simple um in fact some buttons in most of them don't even do anything really so <laughs> yeah like it's, if you don't have certain things equipped like certain buttons just don't matter at all um this game is a little different because it actually is like a jump uh and it it, it requires like a little more precision almost kind of like sekiro oh. um, but on top of what you were saying ollie aside from just like the interface not working for uh different um like controller styles i've also found that i get these weird like shimmering waves of screen tearing It'll just sort of wash over my screen until I sit at a bonfire and reset. Um, wow. And it, I've yeah, never had like, that. Even with Cyberpunk not... being being what it was when it released, like I never had that. It was it's an not... absolutely perfect game with no bugs or problems <laughs> is what Cyberpunk was. <laughs> absolutely. But it's really like not bad. It's not overly noticeable. And it just sort of like, it appears around knee height. So it doesn't block anything from being seen. And it's just like, when you're moving around and running a lot, you start to kind of see the shimmer on the screen and it looks a little strange. Um, but that and input lag is just, it, it's just behind for some reason. I don't know. Everything, like I can press B and it won't uh, dodge until I press it again. But then when I stand up, it'll hit the second B input and roll again. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, it is like it doesn't happen super often, but it it's one of those things that like always seems to happen at the least opportune moment. No kidding. Um, but aside from that, and I've heard that they're already working on uh, updates. Um, hopefully by the end of this week, uh, we'll see something. But aside from that, it, that is quite literally the only problem that I have with this game. Well, that's Aside not bad, then. Yeah, that's it's fair. absolutely fantastic. 
Yeah, and uh, kind of on that note, one thing that I want to discuss is that whenever you see game reviews that don't really take off points for, you know, having a game be bugged out or anything like that, like, what what's your guys' opinion on that when when a game releases and it's, like, top-notch gameplay, but, like, it's clear that there's a lot of bugs that they could still have ironed out? Like, do you think... Be perfectly think that... fair, it's unacceptable. Like, the state in which Cyberpunk was released, unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I understand that, you know, there's a board of directors and they're, they make all the decisions and they're more or less to CDPR, fuck you, get this game out. Um, I get that that shit kind of happens, but it doesn't change the fact that it's unacceptable. They wanted to make their money quick off the cuff right away and not worry about the backlash later. And there was some serious fucking backlash. There was a lot of refunds that were made. Uh, Sony fucking took them right off the store. Like that's, that's, that's incredible. Like that was huge. So any game that finishes like that, where there's, there's like a lack of polish is one thing, but if your game is broken and incomplete and a buggy mess, it's unacceptable. And I'm calling you out Bethesda. Get your shit together. It's not yeah. cute anymore. It's annoying. Get your shit together. There's a part yeah. of me that is like honestly very happy that that happened to Cyberpunk and like just the the chain of events that it caused being released in such a state. Because it, to me, like it shows that people aren't willing to put up with this anymore, and there's actually a way that we can do something about it, and it's no longer just like oh, I bought this, now it's stuck in my fucking purchase forever, and I, there's no way I can get a refund for a game that quite literally doesn't even run. Right. But yeah, to answer your question, Oli, like I said, it's extremely unacceptable. Like, And for reviewers and whatnot to put out their content in reviews without factoring in that kind of stuff isn't right. And then that's you're not putting out the truth. You're just fucking sugarcoating shit when you shouldn't be. If right. it's a buggy mess, it's unacceptable. And you should take points off of that and not be like, well, you know, they'll probably patch it out in the next couple of weeks. No, that shit should be good to go from launch. We're paying, you know, upwards of eighty dollars for these the these IPs and these games for our entertainment. That's not that's that's not a little bit of money. It's not like back in the day where games were like 50 bucks. They're not 50 bucks anymore. They're $80. That's almost 100 bucks. That's a lot of fucking spondulity to be throwing at a game. Yeah. Well, in some places mm-hmm. it is like 100 $120. Like Australia is just ridiculous yeah. for game prices. Yeah, well, but... you know what? Australia is just ridiculous for games. They can't even have Call of Duty for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, like I, I agree to an extent. Like there are definitely games that okay, you definitely shouldn't shouldn't have released this. You need to take another few months, maybe a year on this. But I can forgive, you know, the occasional bugs. Um, like for example, I I got Dying Light to a week after release, so I can't really comment on release day. But with that static bug I was talking about, that was like the worst one I've encountered. So I can pretty much forgive that. Um, but yeah, there are definitely circumstances where games absolutely should not have been released the way it was. And 
case in point i feel like that's just been happening a lot in the gaming industry lately like you you see that with the latest call of duty and the latest battlefield that had like horrendous um betas let alone when they released and they just continued being really bad and that's just that's just really sad i mean speak on battlefield uh itself like the beta itself was a buggy mess but it was also not a recent beta it was something that they had slapped together months prior it wasn't even like wasn't something they 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 created for the purpose of being a beta it was something they had already had slapped together you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it was unfinished work and they knew that. Yeah. And then, you know, come launch the game, not much fucking changed, to be honest. Like it was, it's, it's in a state of peril right now. It's in fact, like there's negotiations in, in with, um, mass refunds and things of that. Like, um, it's, it's in a really shitty state. And then them also pushing back on their, battle pass and everything else like i don't think battlefield 2042 is gonna make it yeah i honestly think it's it's i heard i heard rumors that it was going to move to a free to play model well i mean that's quite possible and the only way to keep it from going completely under would be to do so i mean like (sighs) yeah didn't that happen with um there was a game that came out in the last like two years that I feel like that happened where it was released. And I think a few months after that, they realized they were losing so many players that just, they just made it free to play. No man's sky. Whoa. No, no man's sky. No man's sky actually had a, I mean, no man's sky was also one of those games that should not have been released. released. Yeah. Completely unfinished. Uh, and made a comeback since then. Kind a of huge like, comeback from what I hear. Kind of like what Cyberpunk is riding on right now with patch 1.5. Um, mm-hmm. And like I'll, I'll dig into that in, in just a second. But like the, the I mean, we've, we've talked about this before on the show. Like Sean Murray was a lying, skeeving cheat. Like just on talk shows talking about how good his game is and talking up mm-hmm. about how you're going you're gonna to be playing in, in a virtually limitless fucking space and then there's going to be thousands and thousands of planets and you're going to come across all these different types of aliens and you're going to be able to play with all your friends and all of their friends and all of their friends and you're all going to meet and congregate in places in space and it didn't happen that way. It didn't happen that way at all. The game was a fucking solid flop. Mm-hmm. However... It didn't get enough flack. Yeah, people dragged it through the mud, but you look at what happened with Cyberpunk, and then you look at what happened with No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky got off with a slap in the wrist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that's true. And, and, and don't get me wrong, they have since made that game something, something great. Not my style of game at all, like survival games or games where you gotta build shit, so it's not my, not my thing, but... For those that do enjoy that kind of thing, it's it's very much in that wheelhouse, and it it is a great success these days. Uh, and I think Cyberpunk is is hot on those heels right now because Patch One Point Five, and and you know, patches prior definitely helped smooth out that game, and that game plays so much better now than it did at launch. And I originally played Cyberpunk on the xbox one x not a series x a one x 
And yeah, it was buggy. And every like three hours or so, almost on the hour, would crash to, to dashboard, <laughs> and I'd have to, I'd have to reload. Um, and yeah, there were definite animation glitches and weird glitches where puck crosshairs would appear or not appear, weapons wouldn't appear when they were supposed to, doors wouldn't open, couple of mission breaking bugs. But overall, I still really enjoyed the game because I'm just a big cyberpunk fan. Um, maybe not so much the, the original tabletop game, but I mean, like the genre itself, I, 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 would, I would totally live in a cyberpunk era if I could. All the neon and, and cybernetics and ah, it's just so cool. Um, Before we continue down this rabbit hole, um, I wanted to kind of build on this and finish what I was saying with uh, Elden Ring um, and sort of move on. Oh, are we still talking about that? Fully. Well, like just in the sense, <laughs> like, like you guys were talking about um, on for, like forgiveness for bugs within games. Um, and I, I think like for Elden Ring on PC, it really isn't that bad. A lot of it is minor at most and it's, it doesn't take away from the actual gameplay. Um, so honestly, I don't think that it's, it affects the score I would give it at all. But a game like Cyberpunk absolutely does. As, as much as I would love to give that game a, a rating like an 8 out of 10 or something, which I think it deserves because the story is very good and the world is super cool. It's just, it had so many astounding issues that I couldn't possibly give it anything above a five. Right. And that's fair. That is a, that is a fair assessment and that is definitely a fair score to give based on how it launched. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But that's why like, I'm so excited for the fact that this update finally came out and it, it might've been like a 60 gig update at the end of the day, but I will <laughs> take that if it fixes the problems with the, overworld and just making it feel like an actual place rather than you're the only human being there everything else are just mindless like shimmers that are basically not even people right uh you know it definitely feels like a much more lived in city night city definitely feels more alive um npcs now react to different things like kind of like in grand theft auto if you start waving your gun around people People react. Man, I'm I'm so glad yeah. that you brought up that Grand Theft Auto thing because I remember in the promos for Grand Theft Auto Four, they would have like uh, Nico point his gun at somebody, and you could point to the individual body parts, and the guy would like get down on his knees and you know put his hands up and be like, "Please don't shoot me." And like, no, yeah, I mean, yeah. most people in Cyberpunk run, but every now yeah. and then, every now and then, someone will be like, "Nah, fuck you," and they'll challenge you to a fight, and they'll pull out a weapon of their own and, and come at you. That's yeah, awesome. that's, that's I what I heard. Them. That's great that they did that now. Um, the cars and stuff and traffic will react. They'll panic. Again, like if, if there's gunshots going off, just like in GTA, cars will panic and fucking smash into other cars um, and, and try to get out of there, right? Um, which sometimes the physics is a little off and you can get a little flying car syndrome, but um, <laughs> I mean, I figure it's in good taste, so why not? <laughs> I mean, those kind of glitches can be fun. Like, I mean, look at Saints Row 
where you can put in the cheats where cars and physics just fly everywhere and i don't know i always played like that to be honest so just to just to have an extra added layer of ridiculousness yeah you yeah. know in a saints row game that definitely that that fits man yeah and in, in a game like cyberpunk even like there are definitely times where there are little bugs like that and they're just fun they don't take away from anything they don't break anything it's just like an open world games are bound to have weird shit happen because that's just how they are and it's a lot yeah. of it i think just like it adds to the character of the game again as long as it doesn't break anything right so I'm I'm curious with this new 1.5 update. Do you actually notice any big differences in in the graphics, or was that mostly just next gen stuff that they improved? No, even on PC, things look a lot clearer, more crisp. Um, textures are smoother. Um, and like when like the, your character always kind of looked weird when you would like look in a mirror and stuff. Yeah, and mm. it felt off. It felt fake. It felt like a game. Um, and this one, like the character models and then all the work that they did on it, everything feels a little more, I hate to use the word realistic, but realistic. Your character's <laughs> skin looks like skin and, and the character, uh, models react a lot better in the mirror and stuff. Like it, it definitely looks a lot better and like textures and stuff otherwise, uh, are fantastic as well. Like I have, I have no complaints, like zero complaints. Everything, everything looks fantastic. I heard as well that if you use a mirror, you can change your character's appearance. Is that, that true? That you can. That is a thing oh, now. That's cool. Because, yeah, so I don't even this... think there were haircuts or anything, were there? No, you couldn't You couldn't change your character's appearance um, after the opening sequence, like after the opening game where you create a character. Yeah, okay. Um, and, like, don't get me wrong, you can't change absolutely everything. Um, but the, you can change... Most cosmetic stuff, so hair, makeup. Um, I don't think you can you change your tattoos. I can't remember. I haven't really tried. Uh, I don't think you could. At least I don't remember really doing that when I played the game. I'm pretty sure. I at least like you. You could never swap out the ones that you had, but I'm not sure if you could go and get new ones or anything. Right. Uh, and they added a whole bunch of new hair colors, nail colors, things of that like as well. So all this being said, I guess that this kind of only goes for you, Ollie. But um, now that like this update is launched, they said they were doing a five-hour free trial for people. They could hop in, play, uh, just play the game for like five hours. Um, oh yeah, free without having to buy it. So would you consider giving that game like those five free hours, and then maybe warrant a purchase from you after that? Um, sort of. So I think with those five free hours, I think that expires at the end of March, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's until March 31st. Well, you better get on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but my thinking was that I would for sure, even without playing that, um, demo, I'd for sure try to pick up the game again for like 10 bucks. If I could, like, I have, you know, the Series X, so I can just go and buy like a used copy or something. And, um and just pop it in and play it again but yeah for sure i'm gonna give it give that five hour trial a try at some point maybe next weekend and see if it's worth getting and then when it's maybe on sale again i'll i'll pick it up 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really am interested in seeing if if you notice the differences because like a lot of character models are, are very different. Jackie even looks a little different. Okay, he's I was got... gonna ask, is Jackie more beautiful than ever? He's a little more rugged looking, actually. He was too beautiful in the original version. Now he's got like um what looks like freckles, but it could be just any kind of blemish. Like uh, mm-hmm. on his face and on his neck and shit. Like he, he definitely looks a lot more fleshed out, and as far as I'm concerned, looks even more badass because he looks a little more grizzled, a little more interesting. Okay. Have, have they added any missions or anything like that, or has this just been a total like gameplay overhaul um, and, and not content overhaul? I don't know if they've added missions, but they definitely have added the ability you can now, through easy estates, buy new apartments. Oh, okay. Yeah, and each apartment has different. Uh, different things that they offer in terms of aesthetic as well as um, uh, gameplay-wise. So now you can sleep and get a rested bonus for XP. Uh, so sleeping has a, has a purpose. You can also make coffee. Um, but you can only do that in your apartment, I'm quite certain. You make coffee, and when you drink it, it gives you a stat bonus. Like a, I think it's stamina and health regeneration for a certain amount of time. But like there there are little things like that that they've been been adding in. Okay. Yeah. And um one other one last thing I wanted to ask is I heard that they did do a bit of an overhaul with the perk system. Oh, dude. Um, you won't even recognize it. It's so different now. Oh, did they finally add that that perk that they kicked out or anything or they just overhauled the actual progression? I think they fixed all of the things that needed fixing. Um, can't remember what all that was because it was for for a while there. I, I just wasn't playing. Um, they kind of like what's the best way to put it? They they kind of meshed a bunch of shit together too. Like they fleshed out perks, and so instead of having like two or three perks that do kind of similar things that kind of just threw it together in one perk. Like, it's a lot more cleaned up. Um, they also took away, what was it, Evasion is no longer a stat anymore. They broke it up into two substats uh, of mitigation, and I can't remember how that works. You'll have to look that one up for certain, because I don't remember at all. Um, okay, interesting. Yeah, like, yeah, the trees are so much different. They're better now, though. Like, they're, they're way better. They're cleaned up. Um, perks make sense. Yeah, because yeah, no. I, cause I remember um, I felt like one of the biggest flaws about the gameplay was that there were really like one, maybe two ways to build your character where you actually felt like you were kind of OP. Like I felt like the way I built my character, which was pretty well balanced, I felt like I ended up being like lacking in a lot of um, things and like combat was kind of a big difficulty for me and it gave me no benefits in terms of dialogue to avoid combat right so um i heard this time they changed it so that specific body parts can only have specific um mods and whatnot like you can't just stack different mods onto different like the same mod onto different body parts that right you, you now actually have to build your character well and that kind of opened up the play styles there were for the game. Because I think the main play style when I was playing, which didn't work for me, mind you, because I think my game was broken, but it was the one where you would get that like adrenaline 
whenever you dashed or something or like dodged and it would go slow-mo or when you oh the uh the karenzikov yeah and it didn't that never worked for me i would have that mod and i would do exactly what it says but it would never activate for me so i could never slow down time or that one was like quicker it had something to do with dodging while you're aiming yeah and then there was another one i think that you could stack it with that was like i think when you crouched and could you like slide in the game i feel like that was what it was yeah like when you slide it it also slows it down so people would like build their characters to do that and then they would have like massive critical hit points and you know the game would just basically play in like slow-mo for you but you would be so fast and you just demolish (laughs) everything whereas like i put all my points into having um I can't remember what they're called, like the cyber hacks or whatever, where I could make some guy like shoot himself in the head or pull the pin on the grenade. But the, the like that thing would never do anything and it would take your entire um like cyber mana or whatever it was and yeah. Ram. So it's RAM. RAM. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so like I'm really hoping that that's what's changed because yeah, I, I kind of found it a little bit annoying that you were only rewarded, you were only rewarded in like one certain playstyle, but not others. What's going on, guys? No, you did not hit the restart button by accident. We actually experienced some technical difficulties during this episode. Thanks mostly to our wonderful recording AI, Craig. Fuck you, Craig. Fuck you, Craig. Craig. (laughs) Okay, but not the odd listener that might be named Craig. We're talking about our our Discord bot. Discord bot Craig. Fuck you, Craig. Um, He dropped us out uh, an hour 37 in, and we didn't. uh, We went on for like an additional 20 minutes, and then uh, unfortunately, um, at the conclusion of when we stopped, uh, when we stopped, when we thought we were recording, um, we realized that Craig had cut us off uh, and had some. Audio issues. So, um, we're just kind of gonna we're just gonna play it raw is what we're gonna do, and we're just gonna go straight to our shoutouts, uh, and then we are gonna end this up, and that's pretty much it. Sorry to cut you guys off. Um, I know the conversation was doing pretty good, but unfortunately, um, we got other things on the go, and we need to get that going as well. So, shoutouts, of course. Shout out to Matt the Rat over at Rat House Productions. Uh, that's R-A-T-T-H-A-U-S dot net. Uh, he's our producer. He puts our stuff out for us. So shout outs to, uh, to him. Uh, also shout outs, speaking of Rat House Productions, to the fine folks over at Twat FM. That's the world according to Fear and MDI. Um, they're the reason I got into this, this business. And uh, yeah, special shout outs to you guys. And I'm not going to leave out... The other people I, we shouted out the first time around, uh, and that's Adam <laughs> over at TiffTac, which uh, tales from the animal kingdom. Go check him out. He's got some really cool stuff. Uh, his past few episodes have been fantastic. You need to go, need to go see him. Go search him out because he's part of uh, one of the umbrella companies that we're part of, which is Blind Knowledge. And speaking of Blind Knowledge, great segue, <laughs> if I do say so myself. <laughs> Uh, thanks over to Joe. He's promoting our stuff for us for free because he's awesome like that. And blindknowledge.com is up. Go check it out. There's a great collection 
of podcasts and different shows and things going on over there. And we're on the front page, guys. We're on the front fucking page. Yes, you know we you made are. It big when you get to the front page. Like you um, would have thought any less of us. Right, right. How could you? <laughs> How could you? We are, we are that awesome. Am I missing anybody? Yes. Yes, I am. And I don't know if, I can't remember if we talked about it earlier in the pod or not, because we smoke weed and I forget things. Um, <laughs> shout outs <laughs> to Javier and the boys over yep. at Nerd Talk Plus. Um, they're awesome, too. Uh, I, I remember saying that they're just like us, but American. Uh, and that's more or less what it is. But they talk about some nerdier shit than we do. Um, you know, like Nintendo and, and anime and all that fun stuff. Stuff that we're... Nerds. Nerds, yeah. Nerds. Fucking nerds. Shout out to those boys. Go check them out, too. With that being said, Ollie, people want to find you on the internet. Where can they find you? Uh, the usual place, uh, wherever you find Ryan or my own personal Instagram account, Oliver.HRuiz. Ruiz. And Ryan, if people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? I am on Instagram and Twitch at Synthetic7S. Um, you can catch me live Sunday to Monday uh, every week. And also, uh, while we're on the topic of being live, definitely check out the interview we did with Joey over at Blind Knowledge. Um, oh. Before the original time of recording this episode, um, we're a little late getting to the, uh, the shout-out portion and editing this in here. But yeah. definitely check out that live podcast interview that we did with him. It was a great fucking time. Oh, yeah. Awesome time. And I, why I didn't even think about that upon giving him his shout out uh, <laughs> is beyond me. But that is... Uh... <laughs> Good thing Ryan's here to save the day. It's okay. I didn't want to interrupt your flow. No, that's okay. But, you know, you should. You should. You should correct me <laughs> when I need correcting because you boys got to keep me in check. Fair. I rib on you guys all the time. It's only fair that you do it back. <laughs> Whether or not you return for the next episode is a different topic entirely. Uh, <laughs> nah, just kidding. Um, and if you guys want to find me, I was about to be like, did I, I tripped up. I was like, wait, did we do Ryan? Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, if, you yeah. guys, <laughs> if you guys want to find me, you can. Um, on Instagram and Twitter, uh, Instagram at snurfin on twitter at the real snurfin um yeah and if you want to find us as a podcast you can also find us both on instagram and twitter at nerdy nomicron and uh yeah this concludes our episode yeah thanks yeah, for listening yep yeah, okay peace bye 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 see ya peace <laughs>